First off, I want to apologize ahead of time as there may be a bit of coconut interference with this week's interview. Light waves crashing in the background and the occasional ice splashing around in a few rum drinks. This week I take the podcast to a remote beach in the middle of the Atlantic and interview three friends, Rick, Kenny, and Kim from North Carolina who have been traveling together for decades. Their names have been changed to protect the innocent. The mishaps and misadventures of traveling with friends on this episode of the Tourist Whisperer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tourist Whisperer Podcast. My name is Captain Ron and every week I search the globe for the next Tourist Whisperer. What is a Tourist Whisperer you ask? It is someone that shares stories that inspire you to book that next trip to somewhere. Someone that can help you become a smarter traveler by sharing their travel tricks or hacks. Or someone that will help you stay clear of the common tourist trap. Whether you are looking to book that next vacation or fill up a backpack and see the world, we will do our best to entertain and educate the common traveler. From our Coconut Island Studio 3264 in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or remotely somewhere around the globe, we welcome you to the Tourist Whisper Podcast. All right, well, this is the first time I've decided to do an interview on a beach in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. We can't tell you where we are, but there's, there's the ocean to our right. There's the beach to the left. Starting to sound like a uh, song, isn't it, from uh, Zach Brown Band? Um, I have three individuals here. Today I thought I'd talk about traveling with friends. I don't want to use the phrase pros and cons because I don't want the friend to feel left out or the couple to feel left out. <laughs> like <there's laughs> We can say the misadventures and mishaps, right? Um, first off, I'm not going to use their real names because I'm trying to protect them. There's a lot of people that... Um, well, there's a lot of people that, that probably are going to be going after them once they win the lottery. But um, the fake names I'm going to give them are Rick, Kenny, and Kim. <laughs> so um, I thought I'd first um, ask each of them. Um, of course, you can you can say where you're from, um, or you you can make up something. It's really up to you. But I'm going to start with um, um, I'm going to start with the, I'm going to start from the left to the right. And I'm not going to say who's who. So, anyway, but I will. Uh, I'll allow the person on my left start off, and uh, just, just let us know uh, where you're from. I'm from Winston Salem, North Carolina. I am too. I'm Rick from Raleigh, North Carolina. And that was Rick's fake name, actually. Um, I thought I'd start with asking you guys. Um, really, since we're talking about traveling with friends where you guys first met. Now I'm gonna to go to the one person that's probably the most honest out of all of you. Um, but uh, I'll let you all tell your story because it might be a bit different. But I was curious how you all actually first met as friends. Ooh, this is an honor. Uh, most honest. Hmm. I actually met him at his wedding. Uh, he did not look that trustworthy to me. Long hair, mustache, maybe like a stoner, who knows. Um, what do you think? What was your nickname again? Kim? Yeah. Yeah, so I also met him the weekend of the wedding. I was in his wedding, his wife's 
bride, bridesmaid, and um, Kenny was my date, so that's where we met him. You act, you, you, you tell the story like he's no longer married. Um, Correct. He's he's no longer married. So you already won the lottery, apparently. <laughs> apparently, I did. Rick, is that what you remember? That's exactly what I remember. I remember um, these two um, at a bar. Uh, they called it a wedding. I thought it was an open bar, but um, I was I was wrong at the time because I've never had a tab that expensive. Um, they became my best friends that day, and we've been best friends ever since. Great things at your wedding. Well, I guess weddings are pretty much an open bar, right? Um, trying to figure out how long ago that was. When, when did you guys actually first travel together? Do you remember, Rick? Um, we, actually, we were, back when I was still married, we were traveling with Kim and Kenny um, to Bermuda. I think it was our first. Island, yeah. Somewhere between um, Morocco and Jamaica, I think. Draw a straight line. Some people say it's got a triangle. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. We've never taken the boat there. Got to be super superstitious to believe superstitious that. To believe that. How long ago was that? I mean, you guys first uh, that first trip. Do you remember? Can you go back that far? Five. Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. Now we traveled in the states as a you know two couples a lot, but the first big trip was to Bermuda to celebrate my fake husband's name Kenny and my anniversary we would come every five years what anniversary was that when you guys came do you remember Kenny tenth. oh no it wasn't the tenth. Uh, yeah the, the boss says 10th and I believe that because I'm dumb but I'm not stupid <laughs> so um, this was a particularly interesting trip because what was your name Rick Rick Rick, Rick. Rick yes your wife was pregnant at the time and even more um, interesting than normal. Well, she wasn't drinking and we were. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you meant. So Perhaps we weren't as funny as we thought. Yeah. The three musketeers at that point might have started then, maybe? Yeah. But then we knew travel was important in our yeah. life. We knew the travel would be a big part yeah. of our life, and we it has been a big yeah. part of our life. And we, and even though we live in two separate cities that are uh, mythically named, as previously stated, uh, we don't see each other all the time. But we do, you know. Uh, uh, my kids consider him Uncle. What was it again? Rick. Rick. Uncle Rick. And his kids consider me Kenny. Yeah. yeah Uncle um, Kenny. Uncle, and Aunt and Kim. Aunt Kim. Uh, so, you know, we had traveled a lot when we had younger kids like most people do we stayed closer to home to you know in-state beaches and that kind of thing and this was the first yeah big uh, big trip outside big trip, the country yeah. so that was years ago it seems like now and um you know out of all the trips you guys have gone on which i'm sure you can't count them on two hands but what let's try to pinpoint a couple let's let's uh, what, what 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 would you consider the most memorable memorable trip that you guys have been on as friends? Well, I think you always have to care about Bermuda. I mean, it's, a, it's just like home base, and we've, we've met friends here that we love and are part of our family. We we took a trip to Monaco last summer and went to the Grand Prix in Rome and London, and that was a great trip. But I think when it comes right down to it, I, I don't think you can beat where we're sitting right now. It's, to me, it's just the, the, the 
it's the magical place of the world as far as just relaxing and and the people. And out of those trips to Bermuda, uh, I'm sure they all have their own special memories. <laughs> I'm not trying to narrow it down to one particular trip, but I'm just, I, I'm sure every time you go, you get to know the locals. Um, you, 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 I'm not going to take the words out of your mouth, but I'm sure if you're like, you're more of a traveler than you are a tourist. So you sort of become part of where you're at. And I can imagine over those years, you've made friends, um, not just friend friends that live on the island, but friends that are probably in the tourism industry and you probably have your go-to's um, um, when you do whatever the locals do in that neck of the woods. But uh, is there, you guys together, is there a trip that you guys remember more than, than any other? Has there been any mishaps? Or I know we don't have much time to, t to, to go over 100 stories, but um, anyone, um, any one trip stand up more than the other? I would say that about, uh, I guess it was, four or six years ago, I can't remember which, but we do come to Bermuda about every other year so that we don't make it such a regularity that it becomes commonplace. But my advice to anyone listening to this podcast is beware of the locals. <laughs> pros and cons, I take it. <laughs> there are pros and cons. There are definite pros and cons. Well, I thought we were going to stay away from pros and cons, but the, pro, the pros are you meet interesting people, you become friends with them, uh, and then you start interacting and working off of each other's bad habits, which apparently we have done. Because our our, uh, our general uh, presenter here has gotten us into a sport that we still do not understand, even though we have been and witnessed the, uh, the cup matches here for cricket. Um, it's something that has to be seen to be able to be explained. Mr. What was your name? I think Rick? he's going by Rick. Yeah. Is it Rick again? It is Rick again. What do you have to say about uh, the cricket matches? Um, well, it's a field. Uh-uh. It's, it's not a field. It's, it's not a field. It's a pitch. pitch. It's a pitch. It's a pitch. Thanks, Kim. It's a pitch with stands and tents and swizzle tents. And dark and stormy tents. And batting. Do you remember the batting? Batting. There's a batting. There's a game called um, um, Anchors and Crowns. Or Crowns and Anchors. And there's another one I personally called Anchor in the Hole that I thought I played extremely well. Apparently it's not anywhere there, but I enjoyed playing that. It's um, it's an interesting venue. I well I I'm a bit speechless because I can imagine that. Traveling with friends, um, if, if you've been traveling with each other for this many years and done things together this many years, I guess it's, uh, no one's killed each other yet. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's probably a ton of stories where one of you are, may have gotten pretty damn close, right? Um, but I guess when you, when you, when you get to a, I want to say a tourist location, which you know, this happens to be, of course, right? We're on an island, and we get a lot of, a lot of tourists here. Um, to live and act and 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 be one with the locals is probably the best thing you can do, right? Because then you're really going to see the country or wherever it is that you're at on vacation, like 
like you should, right? And I think that's probably what brings people back more than anything. Um, yeah. You know, besides Bermuda, um, I'm just curious. I know a lot of people, they never travel out of their country, right? And you guys seem to travel out of your country fairly often. Um, do you remember, I'm going to go to um, the person to my left. I'm, how old were you um, when you actually got your first passport? Do you remember? Yeah, I was 16. And why? Um, my parents took the family to Europe. So my mother had a, a pen pal that she had known since she was 11. And we went to meet him for the first time when I was 16. Traveled with Hagen for three weeks that summer. When I was... And that was her pen pal? Yeah. yeah. Hagen was the pen pal. And you, sir? What is my name? Kenny. Yes, this is Kenny. I think it was, I must have, it was when Elvis Presley died. Sorry, viewers and listeners, um, but that was a long time ago. So I think I was 14 years old. And my grandmother was, uh, she was unusually educated. She was born in, in uh, the early 1900s. She had a college degree, as few women of her age did. But one of the things, that, that she instilled in me was a wanderlust. And we had taken trips to Europe a number of times before I graduated from high school. We took a, a trip, uh, we flew to Chicago from North Carolina. We got on the, what I believe to be the Silver Street, you know, Amtrak train. We took that three days across country to uh, Sacramento and then caught the other train from Flagstaff, Arizona back. We, we did all kinds of traveling and, and we tried to do the same thing with our children and I think it has also taken, even though my other hobbies did not with them. But the wanderlust is something that doesn't matter how old you are, you, you don't age out of it. You might age out of playing football, you might uh, uh, age out of or age into playing bridge, but the wanderlust is one of the great things of life. Rick, sir? I th well, you know, we all traveled. We all traveled as, as two couples. We traveled to um, Montreal and all that. But then after my second life started is when I went and got a passport. And I went to have a luxury going to New Zealand for 21 days. And that was an experience that um, I'd, I'd never been through before. And I think that, that's kind of what bit the bug as far as getting out and traveling and seeing parts of the world that you thought you would never see. And experiencing that, you know, even though we live in a great country, you look around and you see areas that you say, well, let's just go see what that's like. And you end up there and you're thinking, wow, we have it really good, but, you know, other people have it equally or even sometimes better than we do. Mm -hmm. So the passport, the, the passport gets you places that you, in your heart, you never thought you would go, but you end up being there. And, and it's a great experience with, with good friends and then the friends you meet around yeah, I think the passport not only the word is a noun but it's also an adjective and an adverb mm-hmm yeah he never, he's pretty smart <laughs> so with your travels that you've had over the last year since you've had your passports um, I know there's some good trips bad trips what 
would you say was the biggest culture shock for you um, in whatever location that you've been to? Has there been a location that you've gone to that um, sticks in your mind as, 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 as a big culture shock? Do you yeah. remember anything? I, I, I did. I think last year when we went to Monaco, oh. I mean, we have a lot of friends in the States that have a lot of money and are very well off and work hard to get their money. And we thought, we, I personally thought I knew what a lot of money was. But then you get to a place like Monaco and you see how do you obtain that much wealth? And it's hard for me to fathom. The Russian boats and just the people in general, um, very nice. But the amount of money and wealth over there, I, I, to this day, I still cannot comprehend how how people get that much money and experience that much. I think that I think that's a good way to answer that question. I think the average uh, listener of this podcast might think the the expected way. What did we see that was poverty? What shocked us the most? But that's an interesting observation mm-hmm. um, and it also it, it helps to ease yourself you know your mind a little bit there are those of us who will never attain that type of wealth there are those of us who are in poverty and we think that, we, that those folks and we hope that those folks can work their way out we believe that they can and they, there's always the, the desire to achieve that kind of wealth but just come if you come to grips with some folks just aren't going to be there, and others are. It helps ease the, the that, what did you call it, culture shock. Would you, would you go back to Monaco? Absolutely. Yes. Sure, I would. Yeah. So, going back. <laughs> so it's it's you know I'm sure there there's some times where you may go to a city or somewhere where there's a lot of wealth like that where depending on the people that you meet, it may turn you off not to go back, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently that wasn't the situation here yeah. when you guys went to Monaco. I agree, I agree with that. There's other places not quite as fortunate either. I've been to Haiti, and we all know there's good and there's very bad in Haiti, but there's a lot of good there too. Um, that comparison to Monaco, I mean, there's just it's night and day, and, and you wish nothing but good for everybody. But, um, I mean, I remember that, but Monaco is the one that sticks out the most. It's funny, I think of, um, I don't know how many countries I've been to. I, 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 it would be nice to be able to say a number, right? But I don't know. But there's every country that I've been to in my life and even every state in the U.S., there's always something within that state or country that I would want to go back for, right? You may not necessarily want to live there, but there's always something that I would go back whether it's the people or the environment, but uh, I'm sure every place... Whether it's high wealth or extreme poverty, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's tons of positives in each of those. Um, I'm only saying this because I have, I, I, I had the, uh, I had the joy of spending a couple days with you guys. So there's uh, some questions that I thought would be uh, very interesting to ask. But uh, I guess a simple one would be, out of all your trips together as friends, you know, what, what would you consider the funniest or most embarrassing travel moment that you've had? And it doesn't have to be on this travel event, but uh, over the years, is there anything that stands out? I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with somebody that I'm not sure if she has an answer or not, but I'm still going to go there. The planner. I plan all these trips. But the most embarrassing for me was last summer, we were leaving Rome, right? Yes. And I had printed out everyone's tickets for the 
trains, planes, and everything, and triple checked everything. And Kenny, I, I go through the gate with my printed out ticket. Kenny goes through the, the gate. Train station. Train station. Okay. And then Rick, the person who's never been to this country, <laughs> goes through with his ticket, and it doesn't work. Well, we can't go out to help him. The the man at who's manning the gate doesn't know English. Kenny knows some Italian, but there's other people trying to get through and so it's chaos. And we were very panicked because if we didn't make that train, we wouldn't make the plane to Nice, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was my scariest moment. Well, she, well she's the planner, so I'm sure she thought of that that could have been hers, but you know, is they yours, Kenny, or is there something else? No, I was just saying I wasn't too scared. You know, I, mean, I was going to make the plane. I was on the inside of the That's gate. Right. Oh, he was yeah, on the outside yeah. of the gate. Yeah. You know, well, he's I a funny finally, guy. I just started pulling out all the spec because then I also make duplicates. So <laughs> I was pulling out every ticket I had for the train and giving it to that man to scan again. You know, and one it, it finally worked. The out. gate finally opened a little, <laughs> the little glass gates. You know. Yeah. Everybody Rick, were you bothered by that? Um, I was. Uh, um, I was there was not a bar close by that spoke English. I thought that was um, terrifying. Um, they were in there looking like a couple of you know mines. I couldn't hear them, but they were looking at me fussing like, "Why didn't your ticket work?" And I was just trying to find a bar. Um, finally, one of my duplicate tickets opened up, and the man spoke some foreign language that I had no idea except the word "we." Basically, say get on the train. And, get on yeah, the train. And that's rough translation. Get on the train. That's, that's all I remember about that whole yeah. incident, actually. That, 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 that brings up a thought that I have that someone had asked me when I travel, I, and it's actually not a question I was going to ask you guys, but cocktails in the airport or no cocktails in the airport? Oh, I think it's mandatory. I think it's, um, I think it's better than a passport. I think if you... Um, I mean, if you fly as much as I do around the world and to the moon and back, I think. Kids, kids. Okay. Cocktails, cocktails in the airport if you know you're not driving when you arrive. Only yeah. when Rick, J that Jake, Rick, Jake, Jake, Rick God, James, down Rick there goes, do we drink cocktails <laughs> in the airport? Well, Rick James, um, <laughs> since apparently you've traveled the world now that you just <laughs> let that slip out of the bag. What are uh, what are three things you can't travel without? Well, this is a whole can of Barbasol, uh, an eight, eight ounce tube of toothpaste, <laughs> and a corkscrew. Sorry, this is Kenny telling the truth on okay. him because so, he gets caught every time at TSA. So apparently, you're not a carry-on person. We eight are. ounces. Well, we are carry-on person, are. but you know, I know the rules are meant there for everybody, and I'm sure that includes me. But every but I, time he gets caught by the TSA, we get to the gate and he says, look what they didn't catch. They didn't get my pocket knife or... <laughs> okay, maybe we shouldn't talk about things like that. <laughs> I think this is going to be federally controlled one day. Well, you know, they, they could probably Google Rick James and you would come up in that search. Yeah. Good answer, Alan. <laughs> that, that... Three things that you can't travel without. Koozie. Toothbrush, one extra pair of underwear. Passport, um, passport, 
and float <laughs> float and Bermuda I have to pack that before anything else and then um yeah I mean toothpaste or deodorant I have to ask Kenny he said one extra pair Why extra pair over what <laughs> over what you well, normally would have no no I mean if you go commando itself. through TSA you gotta well, have one extra pair right, edit that please <laughs> edit that well, this goes back to the question I started asking, Mr. James. Um, Carry-on or check bags? Carry-on. Carry-on. Carry-on because Kim says carry-on. So on this most recent trip to this island, which we were going to keep a secret, which I might have to edit that out, you all came up with carry-on. Always. Never check a bag. Never check a bag. Unless we're taking golf clubs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If we take golf clubs, then we will check the we'll check the golf clubs. We've tried to carry them all. No, no. Mine won't fit. <laughs> they they do break in half, but I know. But that's usually we over my knee. We tried to carry them all, and they said you can't try. All right. So we even got those little stickers at the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. This is the easy one. Planes, trains, or automobiles? Ooh. Oh, planes. Automobiles. Trains. I don't mean in everyday life. I'm talking about traveling, right? Yeah. I'll travel, I'll travel by automobile anywhere I can go. All right, let's say you have a travel bucket list, right? What's what's the top? I'm talking about some place you have yet to go. What's the, What would be on the top of your bucket list item? I like to go to like Sweden. I've never been there, and it's on my bucket list. Fiji Islands. You haven't been to Fiji? No, no, Bora Bora and the rest of it. Can I take my answer back? No, you can't. I've already stole that one. Well, I'm going with y'all anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, I guess we are at some point in time. Okay, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I have so many and recently clicked off a few. Budapest and all that. So maybe further east than Budapest, but not... Oh, Singapore, Singapore. Yeah, our son just went to yeah. Singapore this um, last month and... He had a great time. Went to several countries just right there in Singapore. You know, there's the different um, uh, areas that you can go in, go across uh, border crossings. And he said it was so clean, especially if there's a Formula One race there. Well, crossing those off the list, what I guess where you have traveled so far, what would be what's your best destination you've been to so far? Well, I had a great time in New Zealand. I mean, that was perfect, and people were friendly. But, you know, I, I, right where I'm sitting right now with you and my two best friends in the world, um, this island in the middle of the Pacific or the Atlantic. Yeah, we're on the other side. You, yeah. That was your trip last week. Well, I'm, I'm out of darkness. This. Um, Bermuda's is home base. I mean, uh, if I'm going to get on a plane and go somewhere and someone says, Jacobs, where do you want to go? Then this is where I want to be. I'm right where I need to be right now. Well, I guess it's sort of simple. If not not to say where you're from, and I can't remember if we even said that at the beginning of the interview, but uh, it is somewhat close compared to other parts of, um, hypothetically, if you lived in the United States, you know. But um, how about you, Kenny? I'm going to surprise myself. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you France, and I I realized that I had been to Paris more than any other city that I've been to in the, in my life. Uh, 
I've been going to Paris for some reason. That seems where we always fly into. Uh, when I was in college, I met my, my buddy. His dad was working in uh, The Hague in Holland. We ended up in Paris. I, I can't count the, it almost sound like a, a, a leisureman or a world traveler, but I think I've been there 13 times. And I've never really liked France. Uh, I didn't think I liked the French people until our son lived there for a year. Well, actually he went to, to uh, a semester in France and then he lived there for a year teaching at a university. And we got to travel around, especially in the south of France. And I've become very fond of it. And I think that uh, if there, we all have pipe dreams, if I was to ever live outside the United States, it would either be on this little island we're on here or in the south of France because I, I, I like the people there. I like the the topography, the, the climate, ease the ease of getting around, and um, the way of life. Would you be willing to learn the language? You know, I think I would, and I think I could do it. I, um, I, I took Latin in high school. Uh, I've I've self-taught Italian. I can I can exist in Italy. I can't I can't. I'm not conversational, um, but. I think that if you dropped me in the south of France uh, within a year or so, I'd be conversational, maybe with a big American accent. But I would—I th I think this is one of those things that if your mind is set to do something, that you can, you know. And you try. And you'll try. I think we have dropped him in France, haven't we? <laughs> maybe he dropped. Maybe you dropped by yourself. Oh, that's, that's you another guys Ubered away oh, wrong from question. Me. Yeah, you guys left me at the Uber stand. That's the wrong question. <laughs> How about you? So, well, Bermuda has been my love since 1985, and when I am needing to go to my happy place, this is it. I can't quote the Mark Twain quote, but he says something like, you know, the rest of you, when you die, you go to heaven, I'll stay in Bermuda. That would be me. But yeah, I agree with Kenny. I love the south of France. And just the people there are so friendly, so nice. They will, even if they can't speak English, I mean, they'll try to communicate with you. And then the ease of getting around everywhere. You know, trains and, and cheap flights to somewhere else. It's pretty awesome. The food. And the food. Well, that's interesting. That's a great segue, Kenny, because the... <laughs> There's a lot of questions I ask a lot of people that travel and for you guys being friends and you saying you love the food, you know, out of all the places you've traveled to date, what would you say was the most interesting item of food that you've actually tasted? Oh, me. All right, this is a good one. 19, late 1970s. Uh, Norway, north of Oslo, near the Arctic Circle. Breakfast time. We go down to, you know, to the, we're in a hotel. We go down to the, the buffet because that's what they had for breakfast. And they had these, what looked to be soup containers like we have, you know, with the with the stainless steel lid, with the ladle, you know, the little cutout for the ladle inside of it. I have a plate in my hand. I take the lid off with my left hand as I'm grasping the ladle with my right hand and much to my horror <laughs> did I scoop out fish heads 
silver with bulging eyes. <clears throat> that was the most interesting thing that I've ever... And the... Even though I didn't eat it, it's the most interesting thing that I came in contact with. Lake Como fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lake Como fish. All right, I'm, I'm stealing uh, microphone time here. So I ordered the Lake Como fish. Plate? It's a plate of fried fish, and it is little minnows, flash fried. I could smell the plate before she set it down. Smelled like uh, low tide. <laughs> and I tried two or three of them. That may come in second. What's wrong? You're you're getting flashbacks. I can tell. He's putting his hand over his mouth. <laughs> I have nothing for that. But did you try? But did you try it? He did. I did. Yeah. I tried. They were whole fish. They were little, you know, one-inch lake fish. Skin, eyeballs, everything. everything. I ate them. They stunk. It was bad. Well, I, I I'll, I'll tell you, in, Se in Seville, Spain, I actually had it, and they were a bit bigger than that. And thank goodness they were fried enough to where if you had your eyes closed, you wouldn't really know what you were and eating, close right? Your nose. Yeah, close your nose. Yeah, I guess I guess the I guess certain senses kick in, and you yeah. you don't have to have it. You can have your eyes closed all you want. Yeah. Rick doesn't look like he's ever had anything. <laughs> I haven't had anything. I've eaten and ordered just normal normal things, Kenny. And fat back and uh, green beans. Yeah, I mean things that you normally see that you would say, oh, I'll have that. Nothing that. You know, swims up to your plate and they cook it for you. Liver lips. And you've never been in a country where you may have been, you've ordered something and you thought you knew what it was, but it showed up and it was maybe didn't look like what you thought? Escargo one time. He thought he was in Chicago. <laughs> I think, where were we at, Rome? I think it was. I did, I did order a, uh, in Paris back when I was, a, you know, a teenager. And finally I could read something on the menu and I ordered a hamburger Berliner. Uh, and again, to my horror, was presented a plate of raw hamburger with a raw egg in the center of it. That was a shocker you'll never forget. Well, apparently we're going out to eat tonight, and I don't want you to order for any of us. <laughs> so that, you, uh, it wasn't that they weren't complete, it was, that was the order. Yeah. That was the order, yeah. It, it lacked the final step of the preparation <laughs> the cooking part yeah, cooking. Right. Yeah, that, would be, that would be the cooking part yeah. miss that part. <laughs> couldn't read that part of the French how about you do you remember yeah so with my friend Doris who's from Germany this was when we were young maybe it was in 1985 we go to get pizza and I want pepperoni pizza and so the owners they're probably Italian, but they only speak Italian and or German. And I didn't speak German. My friend Doris, she speaks English, but there's some words that just don't translate. So anyway, pepperoni to them was like jalapeno peppers. And they were kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want? I said, yeah. And I got it, and then I couldn't eat the pizza because I can't eat jalapeno peppers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you're going to dinner tonight, I promise you won't have that problem here. Um, Are we going to dinner with locals? You probably will with locals. It's, it's been, it, it, our history Did you say local or loco? No, locals. No, no. With these particular locals, this has been a mistake in the past, but only because of what 
what happens the next morning when we uh, have a little lack of memory. It's funny y'all mentioned that word because this morning I got up and I got a text from American Express saying, um, use your card in Bermuda. We can make you feel like a local. And I was like, wow. Live like a local. Live like a local. Yeah. And I was like, wow, for the last four days. Yeah, and we're with the guy. I'm tagline. Wow. Tagline yeah. is live like a yeah. On vacation. Yeah. I thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Plug in American Express. Well, I'm sure the American, they didn't take the Amex card at the uh, anchor in the hole game, did no, they? they didn't. <laughs> no, it came out, it actually came out pretty good, anchor in the hole. That was, um, I thought I'd, as a, as a newbie, thought I did quite well on that. I just love how you guys can just segue right into the next question I have. <laughs> um, because my, I, I have a, on my bucket list, I have a dream of traveling with five currencies. That's I want to to be on a trip where once I get back, I literally have had to carry five currencies, and I've I've gotten four so far, four so far. But uh, uh, how many different currencies have you had to have carried on one of your trips, and what's the most currencies, the most different? I mean, U.S. to Bermuda is one thing, right? There's two currencies there, and I'm I I heard a story in the past where one of the trips you had here you threw some of the currencies in the air you wanted to, you wanted to make sure the country got everything of yours but um, I, when you're when you're traveling in Europe with the euro and and you know pounds and blah 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 there's um, but how many See, we predate the euro so yeah. you know I remember kroners I remember lira that you had to fold like a shirt you know a million lira that you fold up put it in your pocket and it looked like you had a an extra wallet um, I can't remember the uh, the, the Dutch. Do uh, you remember the Dutch? I, I don't remember that one either. You know, I remember German marks. I remember Swiss francs. I remember uh, French francs. Yeah, there was a lot of, of currencies yeah. that we had to travel with back then. So the euro made it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but in one trip, it, was there a, never was yeah. there ever a time in one trip that you that you had multiple currencies? Mine was Hagen when we were 16. We traveled to Switzerland, Austria, Germany, Italy, and may can't remember because I was 16. I was eye rolling on that trip. But anyway, there are at least four in that, maybe five. But he took us everywhere for three weeks. Rick. The euro. I mean, the euro and the, and the American. And I mean, since I've been traveling, uh, there's just no need for all that anymore. Kind of like Rick. You know, if he's got enough doubloons, he's good. Wow. And Kenny will be appearing here tonight too. <laughs> he's here all week. Tip your tip your waitress. <laughs> so, out of your travels, what's uh, what would you say is the weirdest thing you've seen? And we talk about food, but what what would the weirdest thing you've seen be? Well, when I went to New Zealand, we um, where there was there was 21 of us, and I was 20, well, 10 couples, and then there was me. Um, this was the beginning of my second life, and it, we went to some great big dinner, and it was at some kind of farm, and and they were showing us how they shear lamb. So they brought this huge lamb up on stage, and somehow or another, I got volunteered out of about 600 people to get up on stage with these shears and shear the lamb. They said start from the bottom and work your way up. They didn't tell me how far down to go to the bottom, but I realized real quick 
You're not supposed don't, to shear that part? No, don't get too close to the that part of the limb. Or, or, or you well, it's just... A, or you got about a, you got to be a mole? You got to be, yeah. A moil? At moil. A moil. Moil, yeah, that's it. That's probably my most experience, my craziest experience with um, the strangest thing I've ever had to do outside the, the, the country. <laughs> Kenny, you? I've got one. I, I think that maybe some of your listeners who've ever been to the Virgin Islands may have may have experienced this, but it's it's a little esoteric. We had a little cab ride into town, and um, our cabbie was was chatty. Said, uh, "Have you ever seen a beer drinking pig?" And there was two couples. Me and what was wasn't Kim? Yeah, Kim, and a couple of a, another couple. Well, we were game for this, so we go into the jungle, um, driving down this two-lane road, no exits, no driveways, and we end up at this little bar that's clearly locals, and um, I'm thinking to myself, beer drinking pig, let's see, beer drinking pig, if you've ever seen Green Acres, and you have to be my age to understand that one, but you know, a, a little white pig, the size, oh. yeah, a little, uh, the size of a dachshund, maybe drinking p uh, beer out of a, a little, you know, plastic bowl. How cute could that be? So we had a drink at the bar, and the bartender hands me a beer and says, "Okay, now you're going to walk across the parking lot, and you're going to give the pig this near beer." And I said, "A near beer?" He said, "Yeah, because uh, the beer drinking pig number one died from alcohol poisoning, <laughs> and so we had to feed." feed uh, pig number two near beer so there I am with a near beer walking across to it oh, it's about a three foot concrete wall I couldn't see what was behind it but as I approached I noticed that my three travelers had stopped walking and were watching me at this point about a 700 pound hog puts its cloven hooves up on the top of the the wall it has reverse Tusk. tusks. <laughs> it's snap. It, I, 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 th I threw the the, uh, the near beer at the pig like a girl and ran away. <laughs> May have even squealed. It it pierced the can with its satanic tusks, guzzled the beer, and spat the can back at me. Wait, wait, hold on, back up a second. Wait, where was this again? The Virgin Islands. This was on St. Croix. Croix. I, I, Let's just take that off the list. I'm, I'm speechless, <laughs> to Everyone's be honest with you. I was speechless. But but it's, it's it, it must be, uh, I'm assuming it's a well-known thing. Yeah, no. No, no, you got to know somebody. It's a local pick. You got to know, you ha you gotta know <laughs> a guy that knows a guy I'm out of to get to the beer-drinking pig. And I may have ruined it for everyone because I, I just hope that everybody else who came after me was as frightened as I was. Um, I don't know if, Kim, you even heard the question I asked him because you went and took a dip in the ocean. Um, but I, I, I know it is. And it's it's almost time for a, a break to go grab a drink. But... I, I had asked basically what was the weirdest thing you've seen on your on your travels. Um, is, is there any you being the planner? Is, yeah, I mean, putting the planning side thing aside, is there anything that, the, anything weird in your your travels in the countries you've been to? Well, 
when you asked the question, I told Kenny the pig, but well, the the maybe not weird and but it would be in today's world. When I was sixteen and went with Hagen and my family around Germany, we um, went to Berlin one day because my friends lived in the north of Germany. We had to drive through East Germany to get to Berlin. So this was the pre pre yeah nineteen seventy. Eight or nine, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, to get to Berlin, we had to stop in East Germany and get harassed by the East Germans to get on the road to travel from there to Berlin. And on the way back into West Germany, they pulled our car aside and took my father and Hagen into a, like a... Interrogation room. Yeah, interrogation yeah. room to see what, what our trip was all about. And so they were gone for like an hour. So we were afraid that they would be arrested and we'd never leave East Germany. So that was pretty scary. That seems more scary than weird to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I don't know. The pig but was weird. That was scary. <laughs> it was scary to me. I'm sure. <laughs> a couple, just a couple last questions before we go and uh, do the local... Um, dark and stormy run but um, and this 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 could be a quick answer or, or not but um, if you win the lottery what would you spend the money on and remember you're incognito we used fake names so no one's gonna know who you are so if uh, if you had won the lottery this week um, what would you spend that money on well I think as, as much as I think I know about traveling. I, I, don't, I don't know that much at all. Kim and Kenny have opened my eyes over the last 10 or 15, 18 years actually, um, since my second life started on, on the world and, and traveling the world. <clears throat> I would probably um, probably keep my company going, but uh, I would I would travel. I would go and see the parts of the world that um, that I've never seen or that intrigued me and. I would meet as many people as I possibly could. I mean, seeing the world is one thing, but meeting the people and getting other people and getting another bartenders or whatever <laughs> it may be, it, it's part of my life. Um, I enjoy that as much as anything. So I would travel and meet people. Well, I would spend it on world peace and I would pay more tax. Did you understand and, the question? And then, after I had done that, by I think I would set up a little travel fund and uh, maybe go to the beach. When we win the lottery, we will, well, if they want to come with me, we will travel, 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 and just keep continuing to meet great people and live like locals and and see as much as I possibly can until it's time to go. I think the correct answer is, like a really good friend of mine says, is live like you're on vacation every day. God, he sounds brilliant, that guy. He's a brilliant guy. If, um, this is the question I've always asked myself, and I'm asking you guys to end this, but um, if you could spend a month anywhere in the world, right? Anywhere in the world for a month, and you could spend that 
This is going to be hard because it, this isn't normally a friend's traveling question. I might put you on the spot. But if you could spend a month anywhere in the world with three people, living or dead, where would it be and who would it be with? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, well, my two best friends are sitting here beside me, so the obvious answer would be, would be these two, Jim and Kenny. Uh, my, both my parents died when I was fairly young. My mother, not quite so much, but it would be nice to be able to afford to take them and show them some of the things in the world that I've seen that I know for a fact they did not see that. But that may be an obvious answer too. Um, but I'm also good with meeting two new strangers and just going and, and saying, hey, let's just go see this part of the world and just travel for 30 days. I could, I could do that and I could get away with doing that. But so, so, so where, where would you be? Let's pick a spot in the world, whether you've been there or not. Let's, uh, let's pick a spot. Where, where do you, what do you think that would be if you could spend a month somewhere with somebody? Uh, well, you know, I've always wanted to go to Fiji Islands too, in Bora Bora. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. So somewhere probably South Pacific, somewhere in that area that I've never have been before, would probably be a, a great place to start. 30 days, that's a long time, but I'm pretty sure I could, I could do that. 30 days with three people, living or dead. Yeah, um, you could fill a tome with this answer, but I'm going to go again with the obvious, these two and here and and the reason being is I think I could spend 30 days here be so relaxed I almost wouldn't have a, a, a pulse by the time the 30 days was over but I, I do think and with all respect to my friendly host here I think 30 days would be enough at one time or one sitting for a guy like me who needs to play with his cars and see his other friends and that kind of thing but I think 30 days would be just about right especially for somebody that was working sometimes I ask the question like if you were to travel cross country or if you were to spend a week together but you know I think I sort of agree I mean there's been a lot of people go on vacation for two weeks right I mean if it's a, a, a week is the normal that mm -hmm. I think the Americans will take a week off but I think two weeks is like a norm right mm -hmm. but there's times where you go for two weeks and it's uh, it seems like one week slipped away three days before three days at the end and so I think I think a month sort of feels like this magic number and I guess it depends on where you're at right I mean yeah. especially if you have to travel two days to get somewhere so I think the I, Europeans have that figured out uh, you know the month here we are on the uh, second day of August of uh, what year is this 2019 yeah. already um, but you know, in Europe, the, the Europeans are off this month, traditionally, I mean, there are people working. Uh, I think that their work-life balance is more, or it's more healthy than the American work-life balance. Uh, and to be able to know that each year you have four weeks that you're off, because, you know, it takes that first week to unwind, second week to get into it. Maybe yeah. week two and three, you know, you're you're now becoming, you know, separated from yeah. from your your home life and by week four maybe you're ready to go home exactly well in some countries it's it's mandatory right you take a vacation it's mandatory and and i i i've seen stats and i think we actually had an episode before where we actually talked about the stats in the u.s where you know 
people don't use their vacation time, right? And I think some people have a fear of using it because they're afraid that they'll move down the ladder of the organization they work for. But mm -hmm. you start to realize, of course, the older you get, the importance of actually taking a vacation and actually doing things, right? So, um, no, that's 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 great. Um, Kim, if you had one month to spend with three people living or dead, where would it be and who would it be with? Oh, well, absolutely. Bermuda for a month. And, of course, my two buddies. If we had to add another person, ooh. My wife will not hear this. If it's me, <laughs> it's completely fine. Put it this way. If you invite three people, I'm oh, showing up true. anyways. Because so you don't have to invite me. I'm just going to be there. But you know what? Most of my vacation time has been with the three guys and me, the fraternity. So, yeah, this is perfect. Three guys and you on vacation. That's another episode that we'll do. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Kenny's shaking his head. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to do this today. We, um, it's, uh, it's a, in the country we're at, there's a holiday right now, and we, um, today has been sort of a day of resting and relaxation after a few days of um, shenanigans, and th there's a whole episode on what happened yesterday, to be honest with you. But uh, anyways, I want to thank you guys very much for letting me sit here. And letting your drinks go empty um, we're literally sitting on a beach right now you can probably hear the water in the background but um, anyway I love these guys and I thought it would be a great opportunity just to share some stories uh, with friends that travel so as you can see I didn't do the pros and cons because it sounds like whether it's a pro or a con it's a positive thing either way right so anyway thanks you guys I really appreciate it thank you sir thank you Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or share on Spotify. It only takes two seconds to give us a five-star review or leave us a quick comment or rating. If you didn't like what you heard, share your thoughts and help us as our podcast evolves. You can find and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Tourist Whisper or on Twitter at TravelPod. If you have an episode suggestion or know of a Tourist Whisper, please contact us at touristwhisper.com. Until next time, this is Captain Ron reminding you to live like you are on vacation. <laughs>